Thank you for joining us. We are your hosts, Matt Sushalupa and David Toon. We welcome you to this week's episode of the Share Chair Podcast, where we tell stories and learn from listening. from Fruitport High School, and I'm Mr. Kobolak, your host, uh, teacher here at the school, and today we have uh, guest Eric Anderson, and Eric is an adult in the building who uh, has some unique roles, yep. and uh, I think everyone in the school knows who Eric is, but uh, Eric, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, and then maybe transition into uh, what you do here at Fruitport High School. All right, well, I am a 2001 graduate of this place called Fruitport High School. I don't know if you've heard of it, but I graduated from there. Uh, I've lived in Fruit Park since I was around six years old and went to college in Fort Wayne, Indiana at Taylor University's Fort Wayne campus. Uh, And there I studied the Bible and how to teach the Bible. So it's a little different. You don't see a whole lot of people in the building that studied that in college, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. it's good. Um, I spent a few years working at Toys R Us. And uh, so you went to Indiana for school, and you're yep. back in your hometown. Yep. yep. And uh, and now you work at Fruitport, and I'm really glad yeah. to say that you call like Fruitport my school, mm-hmm. right? Uh, yeah. And uh, you know you were a student here, but what's like what's your job here? I mean, uh, what would you, how would you describe it? Because, I mean. I know that you do substitute teaching, guest teaching, sometimes we call it, but but you're in a different realm of that, right? I it's am. not, it's so simple. So maybe you could explain the uniqueness of that. Yes. So they call me a premier sub, which is a different way of saying that I'm someone they expect to be available every single day. Some schools call it a cadre, mm-hmm. uh, but I come in every day and Mrs. Tesney figures out where they need me that day. So sometimes I'm needed to sub as a teacher. Sometimes they need me to work with a a student more one-on-one and either just walk with them through the day. Or perhaps uh, there's a whole lot to do and they say, well, here's where we could use some help. So just go over here. There's been some times when teachers needed to do pullouts, so I'd go and sit, sit in the class and the teacher would pull a few students out that were having a hard time and give them some more focused attention and help them get further in the class. So I'm basically the on-call guy. And so you're here at Fruitport High School five days a week. Yes. You're expected to be here, you get paid, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, to be here. And unlike maybe a more traditional guest teacher where you're logging into a website to see what uh, opportunities for jobs are available on the next day or the week ahead and you accept a position or not, you don't have to do that. You just come here and then they they fill you in with where and needed and how needed. Exactly. I just, I know every day I'm coming to the high school, mm-hmm. to Fruitport, and I know every day I'm going to be here and I'm going to be do, doing something in this building. And do you like that, that you're, that the consistency of coming here uh, versus maybe you'd be at Mona Shores High School or Ravana High School or Fruitport Middle School? Do you like that? I do. I like being in a place where I know the kids and the kids know me where I can have a bit more of a role around the school uh, and we can work on those relationships and the kids know, okay, here's another adult we can talk to about things. Uh, And when I come into a class, I have an idea of how the class is run because I've been in the class before. 
and I just I know the kids, so I have an idea of okay, here's a student, and this might be why they're struggling with this. I think that's really valuable that you in the you know the consistency of you and you knowing how things work, and yes. you brought up knowing the students. I think it's it's greatly valuable, and uh, I'm really glad that the schools made made the arrangements. I hear yep. I have other friends that do it at other districts too, and mm -hmm. it's you know probably good for you and good for us. So yeah, why not right? Yep. So. Uh, all right, before I transition here, we'll have to edit this out. Thanks, uh, editors over at the school. So uh, some of the, I can hear the tap that yes, you're like yes. so on the table. And I say that every <laughs> every episode interview that we do that. So, so uh, well, let me bring the conversation back then to the, to the substitute guest teaching. Like, how did you get into it? How did you start into that? So after I had spent some time overseas, I spent seven months overseas with a group called Youth with a Mission. So I was in Slovakia for a few months and Jordan for a few months and then back to Slovakia for another month. I had been told, when you get back, there will be a job here for you at Toys R Us. Okay. And I got back and they said, oh, you have to go through the same exact process everyone else has to. Oh, your job. So there wasn't a job There wasn't a for job you. for me there, okay. no. So I tried three times going through the same internet process of applying online and answering the questions that everyone else does and every single time even though I had three years of work experience at Toys R Us the de the system wouldn't put me through oh so then you were looking for something different yeah and you fell into yeah so I'd heard a lot of people talk about subbing and said okay well I should give this a try and th I'm the guy who in college I was the guy studying the Bible and ministry who said I don't want to be a youth pastor which is, I imagine, pretty common. People, right? I have Maybe. friends. I have friends that went to Taylor University, Fort Wayne, and they're all youth pastors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, most people who, who do ministry end up in uh, youth pastor for at least a little while. Yeah. And I said I don't want to do that. And now, yeah, you know, I get back from this uh, growth time overseas. And one of the options is substitute teaching, and I'm like, and I, I've become a little bit more comfortable around younger kids. And I said, okay, well, I'll, I'll look into this and give this a shot because I'm not finding much else for work. And I wanted something working with people. I didn't want to be working with things in a factory or stuff mm -hmm. like that. I wanted something where I'm working with people. And so I went through the process, did the two-hour orientation that the company had us do, and just started taking jobs. And it must have gone good enough that you continue to take jobs. Yeah. But I know there's some challenges along the way. Maybe right. you could speak to that. What What are the challenges of being a substitute teacher that's maybe new into substitute teaching or even challenges now when you're well-established person for that? So when you get new to it, the, the biggest thing is figuring out how am I going to connect with these kids? I'm glad and, to hear you say that because I imagine some substitute teachers, some guest teachers, they're just here to... Trying to keep, you know, not anything bad happen, just survive the day. Yes. And I'm really glad to hear this connecting with kids because uh, that's what's, you know, that's yeah. an important part of schools and education. So and keep going. Sorry I interrupted you. That's okay. So I, uh, I figured, okay, I, I'm when, I think one of the first days that I came up with a goofy story for why the teacher was gone, I think I was at Spring Lake that day, and I just said something about the teacher being off with maybe Han Solo or something Star Wars related, I think it was. Uh, and the kids were a bit perplexed, but that's okay. Uh, and I just realized, you know what, that can be my thing. I can come up with stories for why the teacher is gone. <laughs> and that can put a little bit of 
of something that will kind of release a little bit of the tension of who is this guy and what's he doing here. And just let them know, hey, it, it, it's okay to, uh, to talk with, with this guy. And it, it, you don't have to be afraid of this teacher. Yeah, new adults are so strange. Yes. So. And even I, as an adult, find adults strange. Um, <laughs> and so I, I started that as a way to connect and simply to, to encourage creativity and show them that creativity is something you can keep going even when you're old. You can, you can use creativity. Uh, and it's become something that students expect, and it's become something that they enjoy. And so I remember when you took some kids on a trip, uh, and I was subbing in your classes for like four days, and so I was telling everyone that you and the kids were on the USS Enterprise. <laughs> and one day you guys were, you know, stopped, and the uh, the Galactic Empire showed up, and you had to fight off the Galactic Empire. And I remember telling them that a specific student was operating gun controls and weapons. Wait, so I didn't know this. Like, you're known for this? Like, the students know you're going to do yes, this and tell these they, stories? They and they enjoy it? Yeah. Oh, I haven't heard that before. Some That's enjoy it more than others. Yeah. It all depends. Uh, you know, and, and each day I had a different thing. And really what was, since I had four days, is I was bringing in other franchises that are space-connected to, mm -hmm. to, to make it more fun. That, so, is, that is real creative. Well, and, thanks for, uh, for doing so, that. And I think the last day for that one, I told them that you guys were trying to find something on this planet and the doctor showed up in the TARDIS and helped you find it and deal with it. So, Man, you crossed all kinds of uh, yeah. uh, franchises there. So I great. did. That time I did use a lot. <laughs> what, uh, so, so how many years have you been coming to Fruitport High School now? Because it seems like it's been a lot to it me. It has been a lot. Uh, so I've been subbing for almost 10 years now. Over 10 years. Yes. Uh, this uh, October, so that's November, right around the end of October, beginning of November, Ten years ago was when I started subbing. Great. Well, Eric, I'm gonna, I'll bring up a story, and, and you tell me if you're not comfortable chatting about it. But, but there was a time, maybe seven years ago or something, right, where you were subbing, and and I don't think the kids were being very respectful right. for subs, and yep. wasn't being respectful to you, and and it might have been a accumulation of a multiple days in a row. Right. But but I remember something where. You were just down about how mm -hmm. it was going, and and you you know went and chatted with some of the staff, maybe Miss Chesney in the office, you know mm -hmm. about man this isn't going good. I'm a little down about this stuff, and uh, uh, and I think that there was a huge turning point at one point. It we was. Were, we were doing this. Uh, some kids reported in class like the kids were so disrespectful or mean or whatever they said to Mr. Anderson and. And, uh, and I think a couple kids finally like stood up in the, in the right way and, you mm -hmm. know, like, you guys got to stop, stop acting like this and things. And, yep. and I remember that the chalkboard project was going on yes, at this time. it was. And I, for those of you that don't know, the chalkboard project, uh, a quick summary is you can, uh, p students take a picture, staff take a picture, mm -hmm. and they put something on a chalkboard and they hold it up in the picture that's probably negative, maybe something negative they think about themselves or negative someone said about about them or a struggle they, yeah struggle that's right and then and I and I love that you as a guest teacher participated in the chalkboard yeah. project and I don't remember what you wrote down and, and that's not important but uh, after they've been posted for a week or two students get to cover up the negative thing mm -hmm. with something yep. positive and I happen 
going to be supervising the hallway and watched a flood of kids crowd around your picture, mm-hmm. wanting to write something positive, knowing that you had gone through a negative thing, you know, just right. a week or two earlier. And I thought, man, how great is it that the students are connecting with Mr. Anderson, yeah. uh, the sub, and I don't know. I mean, you remember this, I assume. I remember it all. Do you have any yep. kind of comments on, am I telling the story right? Totally uh, right. So that was freshman history. It was right before Mr. Aiken came. Uh, in fact, I think it was right after that that he took over the class. Uh, so, yeah, I had four days in freshman history, and the uh, uh, teacher had health reasons, I think, for not being. And in general, uh Substitute teaching with freshmen's got to be as hard as any other job. Okay. (laughs) Yes. So, uh, and the last day was a Friday, uh, and it was just a rough day. There was one class where it took 40 minutes to go through 15 minutes of notes. Oh, no. And the kids were just being all being rough and wild and crazy. And that whole class, there was even a moment, moment when they were juniors and a whole bunch of them were causing craziness a couple years after that. But it was just a rough day. And I went into the teacher's lounge for lunch, and they did have free pizza for us that day. I remember that, and it was in December because it was the it was a starting weekend for a thing that I used to do called Journey to Bethlehem in Grand Haven. Uh, and I just fell into a seat and started crying. Oh, and it was a rough, rough uh, moment for me. And Mrs. Wojo, who was kind of overseeing what I was doing as the sub that week, uh, in terms of classwork said, hey, let's just get you a video for fifth hour. And then Mr. Wojo stepped up and said, hey, you've helped me out a couple of times. I'll take your sixth hour. Oh, what a great collaboration for some great people. Yes. Yeah. And then so I met with Mrs. Tessie over sixth hour, and she said, we want you to keep coming. You know, we think you're doing well. We're doing fantastic, and we don't want to lose you. And so that next week I did come back and was just doing other jobs. And one of those days I even had – uh, freshman again it was just a different mix because it was a different teacher mm-hmm. and that Wednesday after that uh, so Tuesday was the day they took the pictures and I did that I was uh, during my planning hour was not sure what to do and just felt like I needed to do this and I'm like no I really don't want to do this and, and as a person of faith I felt I, I felt that God wanted me to do it but you know not everyone believes that and I'm not here to push but I just felt like, you know what, everyone else is, or all the people who are doing this are getting vulnerable. And I needed to be willing to be vulnerable with them. So I went in and did the photo, and I chose the word lonely because loneliness is a struggle when you're single and an adult. And mm-hmm. uh, So that next day, Wednesday, I got two or three Facebook messages from students saying, hey, Mr. Anderson, please keep coming. And... Apparently, I think that day had been the day where Mrs. Tesney went in to talk to the classes about how things had gone and to have them write uh, apology letters. But what also happened is some of the upperclassmen heard about what happened, and they were ticked. They were not happy about how people had been treating Mr. Anderson. So there were some, not necessarily scuffles, but some frustrations mounting between the two groups as they dealt with that Uh, yeah i'm gonna say like i'm glad i'm glad the the seniors that were good leaders in a positive way stepped up and called out the the immature behaviors yeah and 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 in general would you agree that like i said it's a turning point things change and things i'm Mm -hmm. sure not every day is good right but are you getting more good days yeah (laughs) i i am 
getting more good days. And I basically a whole grouping of support came out for me out of the millwork that I didn't know I even had here. Uh, one student baked me cookies. The senior class, a bunch of the seniors made a card for me. Uh, several students made very public Facebook posts. Mm -hmm. And one of the best written posts that was made uh, was shared over 50 times. Wow, that's, man, that's touching. I'm sure that uh, yeah. made you feel good. And, and I got to say that congratulations. You, you're, you're taking this job that you have seriously mm -hmm. and then, uh, you know, got through some struggles. And, and maybe that's a good sign that you're, you know, yeah. doing what you're supposed to do, added yeah. to our community in a positive way and, mm -hmm. and things like that. So. Well, thanks for being vulnerable and, uh, and, and being able yeah. to chat about that. So. Yeah. so, And I I put the uh, the photo that they put up that all the kids covered on, mm -hmm. I put that in a frame. It's not up on the wall yet, I don't think, but it is framed up. Oh, you saved it. I have mine saved too, but it's yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, just in storage. So yeah. uh, I, I, I hope maybe the uh, chalkboard project makes another revisit to Fruitport that High School. That would be the, good. The construction project's done, and yeah. I think every three or four years is probably a good cycle I for that. So it might too. be time. So, what? Uh, well, I want to talk about one more thing in the school, then transition to things that you do outside of school, okay. that's just for Sounds fun, good. is that you have this passion for like games, right? Yeah. And not just game board games, but games, right? And so you started a game board club and uh, like a like a D&D club. Is that part yep. of it? Or That's part of it. It's tabletop gaming. Tabletop so gaming. Board games, Dungeons and Dragons, uh, Sometimes kids will bring like Pokemon trading cards and play the, the Pokemon trading card game. Uh, and it's just a time for tabletop gaming. So I tell kids, limit your time on devices, not totally get rid of them, but just limit it and come and enjoy a shared experience around a tabletop game of some sort together. And, and you just do this like a club after school. Yeah. And you meet on Wednesdays, I think. Wednesdays right after school. Uh, in the media center. And what I'm trying to do this semester is each week I bring a game that's kind of a game I'm planning on teaching, but I also have other games with. So if there's more students than can play that game, then students can grab another game. Uh, we also have three or four Dungeons and Dragons groups going right now. And there's a possibility that sometime we could do something with like a short one-time attempt for people who want to try Dungeons and Dragons, but haven't played it before. Yeah, introduction to it. Yeah. And so, well, maybe you could do like a little publicity here. So when does the club meet? And like, like on, is it Wednesdays after it's school? It's Wednesdays after school. And how long do? Until about 4.30. So yeah, for an hour and a half after school. Yeah. And, uh, and how many people come on a typical Wednesday? So this year it's been around 17 to 19 kids a week. Mm -hmm. Last year, there were several months where I had around 25 kids every week. And this is great because I think that the students that show up to this are students that don't have other things at the high school that they connect with, right? right? They're not in a, a sport, maybe, or maybe maybe they are, but you know, uh, they're not, you know, in the marching band because I love music. Have marching band, but this is another thing for kids yeah. to connect, and uh, I, I think it's a valuable uh, option for kids. I'm really glad we have it. Yeah, I get a, a good mix of kids with it. There's some kids that really don't have anything else to be involved in. There's a few kids that are very involved in band. Mm -hmm. There's a, a tiny amount of kids who also do sports. So once in a while, a kid will say, well, I won't be able to come for a while because I've got this practice after school. But when that's done, I'll come. And so I get kind of a mix of kids from all different places. 
and it's just a good time and kids get to, a chance to come play the games they want to play and I can introduce kids to board games and card games they'd never played before and to mechanics within games that they never thought about using like oh. this past week I taught a game called Dominion uh, which ta- is what we call a deck building game so you have you start out with like with seven cards that are coin cards and three cards that are victory point cards. And you are buying action cards that will let you do more things to get to a better place to where you can buy better victory point cards. Okay. I'm not completely understanding, but maybe other listeners <laughs> will yeah. understand. Basically, you start game. out with a small deck and you build your deck through the game. Okay. So it's different from like Pokemon where you build your deck, then you fight each other. And this one, you're building the deck through the game. Okay. What... Uh uh, I think I've heard it a couple of times you said just it's a chance for kids and connections. And I think mm-hmm. that's really great to hear those words. So what a, sometimes people from, you know, you know, most of the episodes that come from, you know, Fruitport High School are listened to by people from Fruitport community. Mm-hmm. But that's not the case. You know, we have listeners all over the state sure. and the area, even even internationally. Yeah. Uh, any advice you would give if someone's like, well, that sounds good. Now, what, maybe I should start a game gaming club at my school. Uh, and you have any quick advice about something like that? So it helps if you find a couple of other people that you know are going to come and figure out how, how long am I going to have and find games that you know will fit that time. And you, you have to think not just does it take that long for experienced players to, to play it, but am I going to have time to teach it and for people who don't know the game to get used to it and play it as well. So put a little thought into what games you're doing yes. and stuff like that. Good. And you play games a lot. I know we I have do. other mutual friends, of yep. course, that, uh, that are you know, little game clubs. How many days a week are you enjoying uh, games? So <laughs> I, normally Thursday nights I go to a game, games group. There's two different games groups in the area that I jump between. Okay. One in, involves our friends that we both know, mm-hmm. and one is a different spot, in, also in Muskegon. Uh, and then once a month, I hold a game day at a Saturday at my church. Okay. And then there's the Wednesdays, and sometimes other opportunities come up. Yeah. I mean, do you play games with your family members even? like? Not very often. Once not... a while, I'll get to play a game with my nieces or one of okay. my nieces. Uh, so I, I just kind of have to look for other opportunities. Sometimes I go to conventions that are all about gaming tabletop gaming well well let's talk about that as a transition so sure. i know that watching you on social media you go to conventions right like uh things like comic-con or gaming yep. conventions sometimes you're even like on like uh boards or what panel discussions is that the right term for right. it yeah you have a booth right so yep. so tell us about what's great about that and then your thing that i've heard to call nerd chapel right why don't you tell us a little bit about uh you know what's that like or why do you like it and so going to conventions is an opportunity to meet people who enjoy the same hobbies you meet mm-hmm. or if you're not so familiar with those hobbies maybe it's a chance for you to, to gain some understanding about the hobbies uh, i go to a mix of General Comic Cons, which can be anything nerdy, but originally we're more focused on comic books, or anime conventions, or gaming conventions, mostly tabletop gaming conventions. What's the farthest you've gone for a convention? Uh, I went to Atlanta for Dragon Con. Okay, Atlanta. Yep. And I, oh, actually, no, I did go to a science fiction convention in Germany. Oh my goodness, you went to Germany. Well, was that when you were in, in overseas to begin with? Or no, you, you actually so flew from Michigan I, to Germany. I, what I did is, I had some friends who were starting a, a 
kind of a European wing of a fan group I'm a part of, a okay. Christian fan group. And I said, okay, well, maybe sometime I'll fly over to Europe, I'll go to a convention with you guys, and then I'll go do some, some missions work with this youth with, the, with some sort of group for a little bit. So it's kind of a two-purpose two trip. And so I flew over, met them in Germany. We went to a science fiction convention, and then I got on the train and went to Slovakia back to Youth with a Mission, that group I had been with before, Okay. and spent a month at their new facility helping them around there. Did a lot of weed whacking, okay. lots of, lots of weeds labor. to whack. Uh, tried my hand at painting, and that was not so good. The, the doors did not look very good after I tried painting them. Uh, and also did some board game stuff over there because one of the staff members that was there at the time had been through the same schooling I had been through with that when I had been with them previously. And he's one of the people that really got me into gaming in terms of going from just war games to all sorts of kinds of board games. Okay. So, uh, so you go to the big gaming convention in Indianapolis. That's yes. a big one, isn't it? Gen Con in Indianapolis, normally around 60,000 to 70,000 people. 60,000 For board people. games and role-playing games. And there's lots of people cosplaying. There are anime events at it. So it's a very diverse thing. Uh, but the main focus is board games and role-playing games. And there's some LARPing as well, some live-action role-playing. Okay. Uh, and I go there almost every year. And it's crazy and fun. And I get to play a few games I never played before. My, I, I write some books, and one of my writing buddies normally has a table to sell, sell the books at. So oftentimes I'll help him with this table as well. Um, but yeah, so I go to a lot of diverse uh, fan events, we'll call it. And, then, and, and so cosplay, right? That's part mm -hmm. of it. Now, maybe some people don't know what cosplay is. So maybe yeah. you could describe that, and then we could talk about your favorite things you do. Yeah, so in that realm, cosplay is essentially uh, wearing or cr even creating costumes for characters you adore, and then wearing them um, to any place. Really, yeah. I mean, I I brought up, uh, I told some students that like, hey, I'm I'm doing a podcast interview with Mr. Anderson. Did anyone see him around the building? Make sure that, you know that he was here today. And they're like, yeah. So we're like, who's Mr. Anderson? And someone said, well, he's the guy that dressed up as uh, as a Jedi and came mm -hmm. to school. Uh, I don't know, was that a May Fourth kind of May thing? May Fourth. Yep. And uh, and like, oh yeah, we love Mr. Anderson. And someone said like, yeah. We, and so you even cosplayed when you were a guest teacher at at school, which yes. is awesome. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, what do, you, what do you like about that? Like, what's fun about it? Like, I'm not into it. I don't even like dressing up for Halloween, <laughs> right? Uh, but, but I know people love it. And so. Yeah. So what I love about it is you find a character that has aspects that you, that you really respect. Or maybe they're just a really cool character. And perhaps they're even a character that has inspired you and helped you through some difficult things. Whoa. And you just either buy a costume for them or you make a costume there are people who spend hours upon hours making their own costumes and some of them are freaking amazing at it uh you know you have these people that spend you know 20 30 hours making a costume for one character and it's it's amazing what they can do people who make their own iron man armors people who will cosplay someone like aragorn and take the time to to do um the armor, which is taking things and crimping them together, little things over and over and over, hours and hours of work for a chainmail. So, so is is the draw to this just the creative process of building it and then like showing it off in public, or is it like role playing in public, or does it all kind of go together? It all goes together. There are people who don't make their own, like me. I'm not 
I don't sew. I don't typically make my own. The closest I come is when I have an idea and I just find pieces that will work for it and put them together. Uh, not in terms of like sewing them together, but actually just wearing. What, what are some of the more common ones that you enjoy using? So I enjoy doing my Jedi costume. I actually have a couple of different versions of Obi-Wan Kenobi now because I have one that is a little bit closer to the last five minutes of the finale for his TV show. Oh. And one that is closer to the Clone Wars movies. Uh, which there was a huge difference, so that's one of the reasons why I'm able to have both. But uh, And I have a Starfleet uniform, so if you watch Star Trek Next Generation or any of that era of Star Trek TV shows, I have one for that. So okay. uh, Commander Riker from Star Trek Next Generation is the character that I consider myself to be cosplaying as. Uh, fans of Marvel will recognize Doctor Strange. I have a a very nice Doctor Strange costume that a friend of mine had bought for Halloween. It's not a cheap costume. It's very well done, and he didn't want to use it anymore but didn't want to go to waste, so he just gave it to me. Nice. So those are a few that people would recognize. I have a Waldo. So if you grew up with Where's Waldo, I have a Waldo T-shirt and a hat and fake glasses so I can be Waldo. I saw someone walking around Art Prize this weekend as, as Waldo. That's very good. <laughs> yep. So, uh, great. So, well, maybe you could tie this in. So, sometimes you go to these little events yep. and you actually have a booth, right? Yes. For the thing called Nerd Chapel. So, tell yeah. me, what's Nerd Chapel? And and I think this is like your creation, right? Yes. Yeah, tell us about that. So, as someone who is a person of faith and also enjoys these hobbies, I felt like there's been some pretty bad rubbings between the two different communities. From, between the Christian community and the nerd community, there's been some times when things did not go well. Uh, part of it is what is refer, commonly referred to as the satanic panic, when churches were scared of a lot of different creative things, scared of rock and roll music, scared of rap music, scared of Dungeons and Dragons. And yeah, I mean, that, that was kind of like, like you know, thrown into Stranger Things in, yes. the, in the last season, right? It was, so, yeah, very much. yeah, keep going, yeah. yeah. So, uh, th- they're just they're, they're, there's been too many things to build walls between the two communities and not a lot of things to build bridges between the two communities. Uh, it's gotten better since I started what I do. There's been more people that have either realized, oh, we don't need to freak out over these things or have also started their own thing, organizations. So NERTEP was my attempt to, in a friendly way, bridge the gap. And really what I do is I just find the connections and the stories I'm watching, whether it's Star Wars or if I'm reading Lord of the Rings or if uh, you know, whatever TV shows I'm watching, I'm just comparing it with scripture as I'm going, and I just write about that. So I've written, co- I've co-written three books. Uh, they're all Christian devotionals, and a, that just means that they're, they have short little chapters that are meant to be read one a day that are meant to help you understand something from the Bible better. And we use illustrations and examples from gaming, from science fiction, from superheroes to help us in in these books as we look at these scriptural and religious So you'll find like something in a Marvel movie Mm -hmm. that uh, parallels maybe a truth that you could learn from a Bible story and you connect them together. Yeah. And you write in a book. And you said we. Who did you you write these books with? When I first decided to do it, I thought of my good friend Nathan. We met in college. He was a writing major, I was a Bible major, and we were both very nerdy. We both loved Star Wars and Godzilla and all these fun hobbies. So I called him and said, I'm going to do this, and I want you to do it with me. 
So it was good bringing him on because he had already published a book by then and done a couple of other writing projects. And I had never done anything like that. So he was able to help me become a better writer and bring his, his expertise to it. And, and especially in the first couple of books, you, you can tell that he's a better writer than I am. Uh, don't tell him I said that. But uh, <laughs> we'll edit that out. <laughs> uh, you don't have to edit that out. But, just um, so I, uh, I I called him in, and even on the last book we did, we actually said, "Well, let's just do a bunch of character studies," because with the first couple of books, I it was what you might call curriculum based. So I, I said, "Okay, here's the things we want to hit," and I had every entry labeled as "This is what we're doing with this entry" in terms of the truth we want to dis- discuss or the, the piece of scripture we want to discuss. And so it was difficult for us to bring more than just the two of us in on it because who's going to write what, you know? And then for the third book, I said, let's just do a bunch of character studies where people pick characters they love and find the connections and write about it. And that allowed us to bring in some other writers. So uh, I, he and I asked friends of ours and a few people had to turn us down and we had to, you know, someone who committed to do it, uh, well, we were doing it in a year called 2020 ah, that you so may have heard challenges, of. Ah, so challenges, yes. Yes. So they had some things come up in that year. And so I had to do a couple of extras. We had some other people do an extra. Uh, but I just I felt like writing books and coming into them and saying, hey, I'm a Christian who likes a lot of the same things you like. And in these books, I write about the things you already know about and the, this Bible that you might not know about as much. And it just creates a friendlier bridge. Some people that go to these conventions, their idea of a person of faith is someone standing on a box yelling at, screaming at them. And I said, I want to do something that will show them, hey, there are people of faith who have the same hobbies, who do care and are interested in these hobbies and aren't going to be angry at you about them. Yeah, that sounds that sounds great. I'm, I love that uh, you created that. What... Uh if someone's listening and wanted to learn more, like could they just Google Nerd Chapel and they find could. this? Or yep. do you have a Facebook? So or what's I've the best way? Facebook, Instagram, they can go to nerdchapel.com. Nerdchapel.com. That sounds like an easy thing to find. And I also have some videos on YouTube. Uh, so those are kind of the places they're going to want to go. I also have one of the ways I've, I've set up to help support is a thing called Patreon, which supports people who do art or write or music because uh, it's expensive to go around and do this stuff. Oh, so people can, uh, can donate to help the cost. Yeah, can donate okay. to help the cost right. with Patreon. And just to be clear, we did not ask. No. And, and Mr. Anderson did not agree to the podcast because he's uh, <laughs> was looking for something like that. No. But I'm glad uh, that you're comfortable enough to bring it up too. Well, Eric, what uh, I think our time is kind of uh, nearing a, a max sure. here. And so I really appreciate you sharing all that stuff. Uh, and I feel like the more I get to know you, the deeper and the more things we could talk about. Sure. So we might have to do that around the hallways and stuff, yep. uh, not on a microphone. But we end all of our podcasts with our guests asking the same question. And we ask them, hey, we have people listening. And uh, why don't you give some advice? So do you have any advice that you'd like to share with anybody listening? My advice was learn or, or build the life skill of forgiveness. Build the life skill of forgiveness. Yes. Why is that? Of all the advice, why did you pick that? What is the... So we have a lot of myths out there. Some people think that forgiveness means that what the person did that hurt you is okay, and that's not true. Some people think it's some sort of weakness, and that's not true. 
Forgiveness is just saying, okay, this person hurt me, but I'm not going to let that control me. I'm not going to let it control how I treat them. I'm not going to let it control how I think of myself. I'm not going to let it control how I treat other people around me. This sounds like this was, you know, personal to you. Yeah. And I imagine it was not something easy to learn. Right. It, it takes time. It's not easy for anyone. And some things are easy to forgive. Some, you know, the, there's these little things you're like, okay, that's, you know, that, that hurt a little, but it's not a big deal. And then there's life things. And like, even sometimes there's times uh, when someone does something that is within their rights and they may have very good reason for doing, but it still hurts you. Mm-hmm. And I would say there, those are times where there's a form of forgiveness that is just saying, okay, I'm not going to let that destroy who I am. Wow. That was deep. Now, can you say it again? What was, what, how did, I don't want to phrase it wrong. What were, what were the, your exact words uh, for the... Build the life skill of forgiveness. Build the life skill of forgiveness. I imagine that might also come in handy when you're working with teenagers every day as yes. a guest teacher, too. Yep. So, Eric, what a pleasure it was. Thank you for making time to meet with us and to participate in this. And, I had uh, fun. I enjoyed I'm, this. Oh, good, good. I, and I got to say that uh, uh, you're you know, a unique uh, person with a unique position in our school, and I'm glad that uh, you're helping kids yep. and that you're part of the uh, school culture and uh, part of being a Trojan. So, yep. thanks, Eric. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. That's it for this week's episode of the Share Tour Podcast. Follow us at Facebook, Instagram, Apple Podcasts, Twitter at the Share Chair, and be sure to listen on our Spotify and SoundCloud or on our website. ShareChairPodcast.com. This has been the ShareChair Podcast. Until next time.